Deuteronomy and the 32nd chapter, Deuteronomy 32 and verse 1. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear a worth the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. Do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath brought thee, bought thee, hath he not made thee, and established thee? Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee, thy elders, and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land, and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God with him. Amen. We know the Lord will add His blessing on to the reading of His Word tonight. Last night we took the topic, and it will not necessarily follow uh, night by night, but God's people are broken, a broken people, and tonight God's people are born. And where we're getting that from are the final couple of verses that we read, Deuteronomy 32, the verse 11 and the verse 12, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him. God's people are born. Like many of the other creatures and animals that are made by God, the eagle shows great affection for her young, but also demonstrates a tremendous superiority over the other winged creatures in taking care for her brood. She provides for them, she protects them, as the other birds of the air do as well, but in training up her little eaglet or eaglets, she constantly shelters them from danger to a much greater degree than other birds possibly do. And so the Lord here seems to have constructed and created this eagle 
with this kind of excellence. So that, as we see in the passage here, Deuteronomy 32, the verse 11 and 12, that he lifts her up as an apt illustration of his affection for, his tender care towards, and his protection of his children. I was reading one of the old Baptist preachers way back. He lived from 1697 through 1771, John Gill, author of a famous commentary. And he said, of all animals, the eagle is most affectionate to its young and most studiously careful of them. When it sees anyone coming to them, it will not suffer them to go away unpunished, but will beat them with its wings and tear them with its nails or talons. And so the text that we have here tonight, you can see readily. What our Lord is doing in the picture of the eagle is he identifies five activities in which this eagle engages. Now, we don't have time to dig into the detail of these on this occasion. So what we're going to do, instead of taking them one by one individually, one through five, we're going to combine a couple of men, maybe three of them, together. First of all, initially what we find is the stirring up by the eagle. And so we read in Deuteronomy 32, the verse 11, she stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young. Though they might naturally be inclined to be lethargic, there's no way that the eagle is going to allow those young ones to develop lethargy. And so she stirs the nest, and she calls them to life, and calls them to excitement, and stirs again her nest, and she flutters over them, we're told, over her young. Now, she doesn't approach the nest suddenly. She first makes a noise. She awakens those little chicks with their wings and maybe strikes them off the rock or against a branch or a part of a tree, and being awakened then, they welcome and they receive her gladly and without fear. It's her signal that she is coming into them. And what a picture we have here of God's tender mercy toward us through our Lord Jesus Christ, our great God, the God of all grace. By the irresistible power of His Holy Spirit, He stirs up the nest. He'll not allow his children, those chosen sinners, those redeemed sinners, he'll not allow them to remain as they were in the condition they came into this world. He won't allow us to sleep forever in an unawakened state. He won't allow us to remain in that state of sin and of death. And so he has brought us out of the unregenerate state of death into life because he has stirred the nest. And so in Ephesians 2 and verse 1, for example, we read, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. And then in verse 4 and verse 5, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Now, back then, we were at ease. We were happy in sin. We had no desire to be awakened by the power of God. We didn't want to be, didn't see the need to be stirred out of the slumber of death. But the Lord our God, 
On account of his great love for us, he comes near, he awakens us, he stirs us up, he brings us out. How does he do it? By sending a gospel preacher in the power of the Holy Spirit to arise us. He sends his law into our consciences and works in us there a sense of guilt and a feeling of wrath and impending death. And by His Spirit again, He reveals Christ to us. And so He convinces us of our sin, of the righteousness of Christ, and of judgment that is finished and ended for us in Christ. And so exerting the omnipotent power of His grace, He plucks us as brands from the burning. So He stirs up like this eagle. Then the other feature that we're looking at here, he spreads out. The spreading out as well as the stirring up by this eagle. And we read on in our text tonight that she spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. And by these activities combined here, she is teaching the eaglets to fly, and she is also giving them protection. Other birds are known to carry their young in their talons. And if you can picture their being carried along, held by the undercarriage as it would look, but by that method held in the claws, the young ones could easily be snatched away and killed by another bird of prey. If somebody from the ground should decide, oh, there's something worth taking a pot shot at, and they could shoot at the bird, the young would be killed, but the bird might well remain unharmed. But the eagle, we are told, does not operate like that. Spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. And so, again, if someone is shooting from the ground, attacking the bird, the eagle is there between the attacker and her young. That arrow, pellet, bullet, whatever from beneath can touch the young, but only when it has, first of all, pierced the heart of the old bird, taking us up in His omnipotent wings of mercy. Our God teaches us to fly. How does He do that? He stirs up our heart. He puts in aspirations, desires after Him. He sets our heart upon Christ and upon things above. And if we were to read on in Ephesians chapter 2, we'll find that's all part of the process. Verse 6 and 7 saying, And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So He stirs up as the eagle does, spreads out, gives that protection teaches us to desire things heavenly, as again the eagle does. So, the stirring up by the eagle, the spreading out by the eagle, and then the similarity. Again, we underline the similarity in all of this with our Lord. That's the picture that He is bringing to our attention here in Deuteronomy 32, verse 11 and 12, because in verse 11, having 
painted the picture of the eagle as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, as an eagle does that. Verse 12, so the Lord, so the Lord alone did lead him. And we can testify, can we not, that he has led us and fed us every day of our life. He has hovered over us. And though we didn't realize that he has done that right from the beginning, in fact, from the point when we were in our mother's womb, and even now by his grace, he causes us, in the words of Isaiah 40 and 31, to mount up with wings as eagles to soar in the exercise of faith and love and of hope. We enter within the veil by His grace and mercy. We get into the holiest of all by the blood of sprinkling of our Lord Jesus Christ. We live in constant and comfortable expectation of the mercy of God through our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, the wording that we have in Jude in verse 21. And so what He has done is He has lifted us up out of our low condition, raised us into sweet communion with Himself, bore us on His heart, carried us in His hands, held us by His arm, supported us through all our temptations and afflictions, carried us through every trouble and every difficulty. Can't we testify to that? And He has said that He will bring us safe to eternal glory and ultimate and final happiness. The chosen one. I'm told the eagle will usually lay three eggs. But many times, even normally, hatches and rears only one, devoting all that it has to its chosen one. And the Lord our God, Jehovah, has chosen one, our Lord Jesus Christ. He presents Him in Scripture as my elect, my chosen one. Isaiah 42 and 1 for one example, and we can bless His name that He has chosen us in Him and made us as one with Him. Though all the rest of Adam's fallen race are left to themselves, left in their sin like those unhatched eggs in the eagle's nest, our great God and Father has devoted Himself entirely to His chosen ones. That's us if we are in Him. As ransom sinners, we have every reason to rejoice, to give thanks for this sweet and comforting word of grace that we have here in Deuteronomy 32, verse 11 and 12, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, Fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead them. Christ our God and Savior has borne, still bears us on eagles' wings, has stirred us up, brought us to Himself, won't allow any of His little ones to perish 
as we read in Zechariah 2 and verse 8, and we have an allusion to this in the same chapter that we've read tonight in Deuteronomy 32, he that toucheth thee toucheth the apple of his eye. And as you and I are held and carried along through all of our trials and temptations on those omnipotent wings of his mercy, nothing can touch us until it first touches him. Nothing can harm us until it first harms him. Nothing can destroy us until it first destroys him, and he will not be destroyed. He lives in the power of an endless life. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He ever lives to protect us and hold us up. Therefore, we conclude, how safe and how secure we are resting and carried by his wings. After commenting on this passage in the Bible, Robert Hawker, we often quote him, made the following supplication, and he generally makes comments and then he ends with a prayer when he has made the comments. And really, our hearts can no blessing if we can but echo his prayer. Hawker prayed, O Lord, give me grace rightly to enjoy and use such marvelous blessings. And since to the wisdom and strength of the eagle thou hast now added the tenderness and solicitude of the hen, do thy Lord gather me under thy wings and nourish me with thy love and favor that I might be thine forever and live here by faith as hereafter I hope to live with thee in glory. And Hawker, of course, is introducing us to a second picture. Because here in Deuteronomy 32, we have the eagle held up by the wings. And he also brings in the picture that our Lord Jesus painted as an hen gathereth her chickens under her wings. So whether we are up in the heights, or even if we are right down rock bottom baseline level, we are protected, held safe and secure, comfortable and warm, under the wings of our Almighty God. God's children are born, and we thank Him for that.